This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 43. It's all about the badges. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. And as always, thank you for listening. Man, I remember this time of year, things are dragging. Spring break is still a couple weeks away. This haul from January to spring break is both a blessing and a curse. I do remember, you know, great learning happening. You're in your routines. You've got your classroom set up and yet you're so tired (laughs) and just can't wait for spring break to happen. Um, And I know you need a break. I, I remember those times well. Um, And I just wanted to say thank you for what you do. Thank you for showing up every day for your kids, for our kids, um, and know that um, we here at Eduro Learning and uh, really appreciate the work that you do. Uh, Personally, I'm in support mode these days with my wife. Uh, My wife is a school counselor, and she is feeling the long drain of this time of year. She's got about four more weeks, three more weeks, I guess, before spring break, and uh, I am just in uh, support mode at this time. Every time she comes home, I try to meet her with her favorite drink and and just let her decompress from the days because they get long here at the end. So um, stick with it. I know it's a long haul, um, but we appreciate you listening uh, and doing what you can to get your own professional development while taking care of your first priority, which is your kiddos every day. I've just got two quick announcements, and then we'll jump in today's show. Uh, number one, don't forget to leave your comments and questions about this month's show over at sospodcast.org slash questions. At the end of March, we'll be giving away a free one-year subscription to Flipgrid Classroom, our sponsor of Shifting Our Schools, and we appreciate them sponsoring us. So one lucky listener who leaves a comment, shares what they are doing in their classroom, gives us a comment or a question based on one of the shows this month. Um, We will, at the end of the month, put all the names into a hat and we will pull a name and see who gets that free certificate to a one-year subscription of Flipgrid Classroom. That's, I, I think it's $65 and you'll get it for free. What a great great tool. I love Flipgrid and I'm so glad they um, are a sponsor of our show and just what they are doing for education. But the only way you can enter the drawing is you have to go over and leave us a Flipgrid comment. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, SOSpodcast.org slash questions and have a chat with us there. And if we like it, we might even use it in one of our shows or we might invite you to be on as a guest. So we really appreciate that as well. Also, um, we are kicking off our 30 days of free professional development over at Edura Learning. You're not going to want to miss out on this opportunity, especially to take care of yourself during this long stretch of the school year and get PD delivered to your inbox every day for 30 days. Every day for 30 days, you will get an email from us uh, right in your inbox. I'll have links to videos and PDFs and a little mini blog post um, right in the email. So you can watch the video, you can read, you can download. It's all going to be right there from the comfort of your own classroom. We know that you're busy enough this time of year. And so we wanted to try and just deliver something directly to you. Um, to sign up for that, you head over to sospodcast.org slash 30 days. You just put in, click, go to sospodcast.org slash 30 days, sign up with your email address, and we will start delivering that PD directly to your inbox. We're so excited about it and really hope that it's something that we can give back to you during these dog days of the school year. 
All right, this week's show, I'm so excited. I just got done recording this and ready to get this up on uh, on the internet and share it with you. But this week, um, I had the great conversation with Doug Belshaw. And Doug and I, you'll hear at the beginning of the podcast, go back and try to figure out how long we've known each other. We both started our blogs uh, back in 2005, and uh, he's done some work with Kim uh, Cafino as well. Um, but Doug has do- dove into the badge world, the open badges. And so we're calling this episode all about the badges. And he is a big part of that in the open badge movement. I talk about reading him on Medium. If you're a Medium subscriber, he posts some great stuff over there. But he's got everything at his website, uh, DougBelshaw.com, which I'll put in the show notes as well. Um, This is something I've been very interested in for a long time. And as you'll hear, I still have a lot of questions around how to make it work for us at Edura Learning. What does it mean for our online classes, uh, for our micro-credentials? We just haven't found the right fit yet, but are hoping that this conversation will allow us uh, over at Edura Learning to start thinking about badges and how how do we more tightly integrate those and our online courses and our micro-credentials and some of the things we're thinking about, about being able to just stack courses on top of each other different ways. So you'll hear some of that in this as well. So anyways, that's it for, for me. I will get you over to the conversation. Again, thank you for putting in the time. Uh, stick with it. For now, on to the show. Well, I appreciate you meeting with me and having a, a conversation. I tell you, I follow you on Medium and uh, I love everything you're posting about badges. Got so many questions for you. So, Good. Okay. I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to, I've already started kind of recording this and I'll just kind of pick up wherever we uh, start talking and uh, turn it into a podcast for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit, um, tell me a little bit about your background. I don't think we've ever met in person, have we? We haven't met in person, but I think the first time we, um, uh, I was certainly following your work. When yeah. I think you were doing the thinking stick stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. I think I started my blog in 2005. Yours yeah, same, same time. Um, like when Twitter came along, you were, you know, doing all the things on there. Yeah. Um, well, you were working in a similar place to Kim, I think. Or... Yeah. So Kim and I were both in uh, Bangkok together. Right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So I was teaching history at the time. Um, and then my career since then has gone uh senior leader uh, kind of ed tech kind of stuff um across nine schools um i then went to work for in universities did my doctorate around digital literacy and then i worked for an organization called jisc in the uk that kind of does research and ed tech stuff and innovation um for uk universities and colleges and then i found out about open badges and started yeah. telling the world about them um and mozilla who are best known for firefox who are running that asked me to go and work for them. So I joined the original Open Badges team at Mozilla. And because I'd written my thesis on digital literacy, I then led their web literacy work and made something called the Web Literacy Map in conjunction with community members. Um, I then, after three years there, became a consultant um, and set up a cooperative with some people I used to know at Mozilla and some friends. And then just at the start of this year, I'm now doing four days a week for Moodle. In, oh wow! Uh, but I'm starting a new innovation project for them, which is kind of a, a social network around um, professional development and open content for educators, and then spending one day a week with the co-op and consultant. My gosh, you got a lot of uh, a lot of irons in the fire. You sound like me. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's what it takes to make a living nowadays, though, right? You got to have like 
you got to be doing like five or six yeah, different things. Portfolio kind of yeah, yeah, it's a portfolio. Like That's having a job for life or just doing one thing feels like yeah. putting all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Plus, you never know what, you know, you never know which one's going to stick. You just, you're full of ideas and you don't know which one's going to. Gonna no, absolutely. Yeah. Things. You just follow your passions. And then yeah. um, someone was asking me today about one of my blogs, my workflow and stuff. And I was just like, it's an experiment. Everything is an experiment. Yeah. And if you see everything like that, then then the day um, you don't feel bad when you just kind of turn one thing off or you just decide not to do that thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk to me about the, talk to me about badges. I, I love this idea of badges. Um, I've, I've struggled or um, I've struggled over the years to try and figure out how to implement them um, in some of, in some of our work. Um, so that's with Envada, yeah? So, sorry. With Envada? Um, I've just, we, I've tried it with, I did an online course for Google apps to help people with, um, to like get certified with Google apps. Mm-hmm. We have a graduate program called Cotel, which is the certificate of educational technology. Yeah, I've seen that. Literacy. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out what way with that. And then with the new company, much like you, another company, Eduro learning, uh, with Eduro learning, we are, um, we have these things called micro credentials, which teachers can take for a full year. Um, mm-hmm and get and we have we have the idea of a badge but it's a badge on our own system and i'm trying to figure out um you know how do we how do we scale that up so that it is like i don't know what platform to pull into or to um just to find there in terms of defining the value for the people who are earning the badge that's the kind of sixty-four thousand dollar question so yeah when you decide to issue digital credentials badges whatever it is you're issuing the reason that you've decided to do it means that it of course makes sense for you as the issuer because right. you've decided it's a good idea. Yeah. But the difficult thing, um, we were over as our co-op, we're doing some work with the Inter-American Development Bank, which is a bit like the World Bank for Latin America and the Caribbean. Okay. We were trying to make this point to them, which I think they it was well received, that it has to make sense for the, for the learner or the earner as well. There has to be a kind of answer to the so what question. Right. Um, so in, in that sense, the things that I've seen over the years are people doing things, the equivalent of like a business canvas, but a badge canvas. We've got a kind of a, a ideation or a prototyping tool, which helps people think through those things. But badges are really important at moments of transition. Mm-hmm. So for me, and you've just been talking about just for me and you, uh, we're doing new things all the time and we're potentially going into new communities and you're always having to show your credentials. You're always having to like show what you know. And sometimes it's, you know, look at my certificate on the wall. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, I used to work for Mozilla or whatever, whatever really opens the door to the conversation. Right. And so I think it, the more you can provide people so that they can get to do the thing that they want, the better. So in your situation where you're, you know, training teachers um, or, you know, educators to do something, they may want to earn more money to get a promotion they may want to connect with people who they previously wouldn't be able to connect with because, you know, that community doesn't see them as a, a valuable voice in the conversation, whatever it is. So I think putting standing in their shoes and, um, you know, connecting with them in that kind of way is, is really beneficial. Yeah. And then the other thing, which uh, perhaps we can have a conversation about further on is that you can now endorse people as part of the open badges mm. ecosystem. Um, so that's kind of cool. Not only can you give them a credential, which potentially has exchange value at a time which is relevant to the earner, yeah. um, and they can put it anywhere on the web, not just in the system which was issued, anywhere on the web, on their own website, 
uh, LinkedIn, etc. Um, but with endorsement, you can potentially issue a badge as an organization, and then another organization can come and either endorse that particular badge or that whole suite, that whole class of badges. So the, the 1,000 people who get that badge all have their badge earned by, uh, endorsed by Google. Mm. Um, or it might just be Jeff's badge, which is endorsed by Google. Right. So you can do really interesting things and add mm. value into the ecosystem by not just having the issuer saying that this person has done well, but um, the endorser coming along as well. It's coming around. Mm, that's cool. I'm trying to think how that would play out. So I'm trying to think like if I was to kind of break this down. Um, so first of all, let's, in case, you know, somebody doesn't know what we're talking about when we say badges, mm -hmm. what is your elevator pitch when somebody says, Hey, I earned a badge or what is this whole open badge thing? Kind of what is your elevator pitch that you like try to explain to people slash educators um well, yeah what so it, it very much depends on the audience so yeah um, for sure when I, when I go and talk to people in gray suits um you know i talk about professional digital credentials and i think that's an interesting fact in itself that with mm. different people you use different language right because the important thing that underpins open badges is the specification the standard so in the same way that we can use any web browser to access a website and we take that for granted these days um, in the early days of web browsers, if you remember, things were Netscape Navigator only, et cetera. Right, so yeah. Like you were designing just for, for Netscape. Yeah. <laughs> you, we're still having to design our websites for IE6 just because there's exactly. a couple people, right? Like you know, that, that idea that you're so, like, still designing so for Netscape. The reason why you can just nowadays use Chrome or Firefox or Safari or whatever it is, and it just works, is because of something called the, the standards, basically, W3C. Right standards and everyone adheres to those standards. Same with banking, online shopping, all that kind of stuff. The, the reason why you trust online shopping with your credit card, the reason why you do online banking is because there's a standard for all this and it just works and there's people really thinking about it. So if you take that as an example and apply it to digital credentials, that's what the open badges standard is about. It's about creating a standard for the issuing for the exchange and for the display of digital credentials. Um, and there's different things which are compulsory as part of that ecosystem. So you have to have an image to represent the badge, obviously. You have to say who the issuer is. You have to say who it's, um, who's earning that badge. But you also have to put a description in. You have to say what the badge is for. Right. And you have to put some criteria in there as well. You have to say, why did this person... So here's a description of what it's for, but also some criteria of how was it earned. Did this person do a multiple choice quiz? Or did they do a four year degree? Like what, what, how did they earn this badge? Um, and then there's some optional criteria as well. You can put in that the badge expires. So mm. at one point in my life, I was a lifeguard. And although I am no longer a qualified lifeguard, right. I might want to put that badge in as showing something that even though it's expired, it tells you something about me and my life. Right. And if I want to reactivate that, I'd have to do the top of training, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but also the real game changer for me, the reason why I got involved in open badges was that you can put evidence in and that evidence can be anything you can put on the web. So it could be a YouTube video. It could be this recording here of us having right. a conversation. It could be a transcript, literally anything you can put a on the web. A link to your blog, anything like that. Yeah, anything. And the great thing about that is that instead of it, you know, if you go to LinkedIn and you look at someone's resume or CV, 
Right. They've got a bunch of claims about what they've done. Yeah. But really to verify those things, you'd so have true. to phone up their employer. You'd have to do all these checks. Yeah. Whereas badges can be a bunch of evidence about what they've done. Mm. Because if Jeff says, hey, I'm amazing at building a brick wall or I'm amazing at public speaking or doing radio interviews yeah. um, or whatever, you can literally link to the evidence of you doing that. So if somebody doesn't just want to take your word for it, they can see the thing that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, I think one of the issues that or one of the reasons why we have such a hard time with this, I think in my work is, is that there, the mindset of most educators is once they get a job, they don't leave that district, at least here in the States. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, it's this, you know, why do I need to gather all these badges when, you know, I've got my job, I'm going to do it for 30 years. They doesn't mean anything versus all of, you know, where Kim and I worked in the international world and a lot, you know, people jump from school to school every three to four years, every four to five years, they're going to a new school and having something that shows, you know, that in between, I think to me, like I think of, of badges of kind, it's not a degree through a university. No. And it's not me just writing my own blog, right? It's something in between, oops, something in between those two of like, I don't know. There's that, this part in between, like, yeah, well, I did this. About here's how you can, here's how you can see, I see that. I think that, you know, there's Deakin University in the US who's got a master's program um, built on badges. So you can, you can have badges at any level. You can have a postgraduate right. level. You can have them for turning up. Yeah. Um, really the way to think about the open badges standard is almost like the, secure version of a piece of paper on which you print the certificate. So I've got on my wall and you can see, cause we're on video here, you can see my um, EDD certificate right. there. My daughter got a certificate recently for, you know, drawing a picture when we're out at a restaurant. Okay. And we understand that those certificates are different things. They're not worth the same thing, right. but they both happen to be certificates. And it's the same with badges. You can have a badge for, yeah, like I say, turning up, or you can have a badge for a PhD. There's, um, you can have, do whatever you want. But the important thing is the metadata, the information that, that's, that's literally hard-coded inside the badge. Um, that's something I haven't mentioned yet, that once the metadata is what's called baked inside the badge, right. you can tell if it's been tampered with, and mm. it just doesn't, it's not verified anymore. Um, and therefore, the, the, because the badge is tamper-proof, you can see what this person has done. You can see what they had to do to get the badge. Mm. That's the valuable thing there, I think. Yeah, I love that. And so you're talking about open badges as a standard. Hmm. And then on top of that standard, people can build these backpacks. I use Mozilla's term, the backpack that stores them, correct? Hmm. And there are different there are different companies that are building these backpacks or different ways based on the standard. Is that right, correct? yes. So it's it's worth just doing a, a little history of how open badges came about. So 2010, this is before I heard about the project. Uh, Barcelona, there was a festival and some people in the dark room in a corner of a bar talked about, hey, why don't we do like online certificates? Surely we can do this in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, got some grant funding from the MacArthur Foundation and uh, lo and behold, this whole thing was born. And to be honest, I don't think Mozilla was were expecting it to be such a big deal as it was. Yeah. Um, to the extent that eventually it became almost too big for Mozilla, who are you know straight up technology company, really, right. not really kind of focused on education that much. Um, they span it out with MacArthur's help as something called the Badge Alliance. Okay. Fast forward a few years, and IMS Global Learning Consortium, who look after education technology standards, 
they've taken it on since the start of this, since the start of last year, to, um, January 2017. And they're looking after the development of the standard from then on. In terms of backpacks, the idea initially was there for it to be a federated system, which is a difficult thing to explain because um, we haven't got that many federated systems. And the only yeah. one that I really go to as an example is email. So right. we've exchanged emails before we started recording. Right. Uh, I send an email from you know my business account, which might be using Gmail, to your account, which might be using Microsoft. We don't have to think in advance, just like with the web. We don't have to think, will it work on this browser? Will that email right. client work? It just works. That's right. a federated system based on open standards. So the idea was that for there to be multiple backpacks where you could move your badges around and you could store them in different places. But unfortunately, the federation never really took off. Mm. And so people still see the Mozilla backpack, which actually isn't developed by Mozilla anymore, mm. um, as the, the place that you put your badges. But the truth is, you can store your badges offline. You could store them on Dropbox. Mm. You could store them on all these different showcases that have popped up to put your open badges. And you can store them in more than one place as well. So the, the backpack was seen as the default place. If you didn't have anywhere else to put your badges online. You could put it there at least. There. But it's yeah. no longer the place that I would say that the majority of the badges in the ecosystem go. Where, where do you see the majority of them go? Well, I see the majority of them. You know, you talk about teachers not really leaving their state. Yeah. Um, there's something about the default option that really, you know, people are lazy by default. Yeah, yeah for sure. Agreed. So whatever system you've been issued the badge in, you know, That's there's all different kinds of systems. There's um, uh, Credly, there's Open Badge Factory, there's Concentricized yeah. Badger System. There's a million different um, badge issuing platforms. And most of them have some kind of showcase or profile in there. So... I would say most people would just send it to their profile. Uh, Moodle, the organization I'm working with at the right. moment, you can earn badges in Moodle and send them to your, your Moodle profile as well. Um, yes, you can take them out of there and push them around the web and display them elsewhere. But it's interesting that most people, I would say, don't do that. Don't do that. They keep them in inside that container. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very cool. So, and have you seen a lot of places starting to stack badges for credentials? Uh, and what I, when I'm thinking about, and I'll go back to our Cotel program is we're starting to get into a situation where, you know, can you take the, can you take our Cotel program? And then we have a new program coming out, coming out, which lack for a better term is called Cotel two. So after you take Cotel one, you can take Cotel two. And the idea is, is you can start stacking badges to getting like a, a master badge. Right. Yeah. So we, within the existing ecosystem, I think we'd call those kind of a meta badge. Meta badge. Um, okay. There's a really great example, uh, which I often use in my presentations. Uh, Colorado State University has an extension program around gardening. Um, okay. They, you know, if you, if you look this up afterwards, I haven't got a turn yeah. right. But they've got this wonderful thing based on almost like military insignias. And what I see a lot is what I would call badge pathways. So badges leading to another badge, et cetera, and giving mm -hmm. people um, having three levels to them. Um, if you think about the film Inception and how there were three levels to that Inception, if, you'd, if they'd put a fourth level into that film, everyone yeah. would have lost. Because I think three <laughs> levels people can handle. That's what we can handle. Yeah, yeah exactly. So this, this Colorado State um, gardening program has these really small badges about like identifying trees and shrubs and different things. And you get something like 
five of these badges and then you level up into this meta badge mm. which um then you wouldn't need to display those five badges because you've got this meta yes. badge that tells you within the metadata that you did these five courses and then that builds up to the meta uber badge mm. um and purdue state university has actually got one around information literacy which is okay. similar and they actually call the the, the um the, the biggest badge they call it the uber badge the uber badge, <laughs> the uber badge yeah. so, so the oh, badge pathways so... thing is really interesting and um there's an organization i've been working with who sponsored the newsletter that uh, our co-op put out which is mm. badge.news okay. um so concentric sky have been building um uh, like a open standard for badge pathways so open mm. pathways and i think they're launching they've been having that in beta and i think they're launching that later this month or next month and the idea is that there's a standard way of stacking badges in pathways so you can go in different options in different ways. Um, and the really interesting thing for me, I'm a bit of a gamer. And so, you know, when you have skill trees in games so that you can yeah. go in different options, you can, you can try and level up in particular ways. Uh, it allows you to do quite interesting things like that, but within a badging ecosystem. Yeah. And I like that idea because if you add on top of that, that idea of an endorsement, right? Where I can endorse your badge and you can endorse my badge hmm. as a company, I could say to you, well, you took that course from Doug and I'll endorse that. So because I know that you took that course from Doug, you can hmm. now take this course from me because I'll endorse so, yeah, that badge on my system. And it also leads to really good consequences. So for example, let's say that you're a, a US university and you want to do an introductory course on digital literacy for you know new undergraduates, uh, so for, for freshmen. Well, you might see that someone else has a different university has already made that course public and has a badge for it, in which case you might just send people over there to do that course right. and then build something on top of that because why would you reinvent the system? Right. And, you, know, you might want to end up with an agreement with that university because you're sending potentially thousands of students the, over. Yeah, that way. <laughs> How about we build the next bit and then you can send your students over here and you could, you know, you could co-badge it, you could endorse it, you could do all that kind of stuff. It leads to, I think, a much more of a sharing ethos and a, a yeah. much more of a repurposing and remixing, a bit like Very open cool. educational resources. Mm. So like we build all of our websites are built on um, um, WordPress. Mm -hmm. Is there is there a, a credential system or... Uh, backpacking system that you think works best with WordPress? We've tried a couple and we, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll embed a, we'll embed a plugin uh, mm -hmm. and then like the, you no, know, the plugin stops working or the person stops, okay. you know, making the plugin. And so then it starts falling behind as WordPress continues to roll out ahead. Yeah, so and so is, um, I'm just I trying to. Lester in the early days of open badges, he went to Twitter and now I think he works at Apple. Yeah. He made, he made an open badges plugin for WordPress, which I right. use for you. Yeah, <clears throat> but then people's life moves moves on. Exactly, they're, they're using you know they're an open source developer. They're doing it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to see it exist in yeah. the world. So the ones to which I end up recommending, it's not the WordPress plugin necessarily. I recommend. Okay. I'd say that you need to look at what it is you want to do in terms of issuing, right. um, and then actually, the best WordPress plugins I've seen are the ones which are provided by vendors. You know, like yeah, you're, you're actually paying for something behind the scenes. 
And what do you, uh, is there one, is there, I mean, maybe you don't want to do this because I know you work in the whole thing, but is there any recommendations of, of even platforms that you see are, are easy to use and especially in K-12 education where we're going seem to be very popular? Right, so this is going to be a non-answer. Because okay, <laughs> yes, that's fine. I mean, it's difficult because uh, we're sponsored by our, our newsletter and um, we've got something called Badge Wiki as well. I don't know if you've seen that. Badge.wiki. Yeah. Um, which has been kindly sponsored by participate.com, uh, mm. which is a badge issuer. But the honest answer, um, I mean, as a consultant, when I go in places, uh, I don't get any referral fees and stuff. So I'm looking at what people want to do. Right. So if they're looking to explicitly build badge pathways, I'm pointing them towards Badger. If yeah. they're looking for something where they can showcase all the badges that are available um, so that outside of their current system, whatever they're using, I'm pointing them towards Credly. Yeah. Um, open badge factory is great at integrating with different things um there's other ones which are really good if you're a k-12 teacher and you mm. want to be issuing cohorts of, of badges you know there, there's ones there um there's ones which are really focused on higher education ones which are focused on like compliance and workplace training yeah. um and i think if you go to badge.wiki or in fact openbadges.org there's a okay. whole list of different issuers and that that's growing every day. Of course, there's some, because the system is maturing after seven or so years, there's some badge issuers which no longer exist. And you might think, well, that's a problem. But the interesting thing is because it's an open standard, all of the badges that you created, um, because it, you, you can st just move to a different um, badging platform and it's no longer mm -hmm. a problem because you're just moving between the different that's systems. the nice thing about having the standard right is you can yeah. just say oh well the you know this one's not there anymore or like mozilla backpack has kind of gone away but i can still take that and i can move that somewhere else right, right so the badge still those badges the only real current problem um and some people have been talking about maybe blockchain as a solution to this etc yeah. is what's called the assertion so if you've got a badge and you've got um, evidence baked in there, then you can imagine that the YouTube video doesn't exist anymore when you click right. through it. But imagine that, but for the verification of that badge. Right. So you click through and you want the badge to be verified and, and the verification link doesn't work anymore. Right. So IMS are doing some work around that with version mm. two of the specification, which is good. Um, but also people have talked about, I, I was helping with a research group called Badge Chain. The Open University in the UK are doing some work around blockchain-based credentials. That's cool. But um, you start getting into all kinds of um, cans of worms. So, for yeah. example, uh, some badges indicate your identity or your affiliation. And if that's on the blockchain and it's what's called immutable, you can't change it after the fact, then you know, as we get older, you know, Jeff, we've known each other on and off for, what, yeah. 12, 13 years. Yeah. We change. We're in different roles. We don't yeah, want exactly. that to be public anymore. And if it's on the blockchain, then you've got a problem there. Yeah. And also, there's issues in the EU. We've got this thing around GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, right? which is going to affect privacy um, things across the whole world. And then there's issues there in terms of what people are forced to reveal about themselves, etc. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting times to be doing this kind of work yeah. because there's so much opportunity, but there's also little technical issues, social things, economic, it's just, it becomes a Trojan horse. When I go into organizations to do badges yeah. work, it ends up being like a Trojan horse for conversations across the entire organization in every department. It's really interesting. Very, very cool. Where do you think this is heading? Like, where do you see this? Is, is, there, is there momentum? Do you think global momentum behind this? 
Yeah. Um, you're talking about you're working on the you know standards 2.0 as as things are coming out. So where do you see this all kind of heading? So I see. Um, yeah, there's a guy called Bernard Bull who wrote a really interesting blog post. There was a bit of a, uh, so one of the things which is interesting is that if anything is popular enough, someone will try and claim ownership or patent it, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so Salesforce tried to do this, Pearson have tried to do this, some other people have tried to like claim that they invented badges and patented and stuff. And it's easy to get angry about this and the open badges community did get angry and there's still some work ongoing, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but Bernard Bull wrote this blog post about Badges being kind of a raft and everything is always a bridging technology to the next thing. Yeah. So some people think the next thing is going to be blockchain based credentials. Um, MIT have got something called block certs um, and block certs are blockchain based, blockchain <laughs> credentials. Um, but the interesting thing is uh, the two communities have done some really interesting work to make it completely interoperable. So when you issue a block cert, it's actually an open badge as well because it's using all the same, Kind of metadata but just happens to be on the blockchain as well so there's that kind of trajectory but i see blockchain based credentialing as being for really high stake stuff like yeah. phd level stuff for proving that you're a doctor about to do this operation that kind right. of stuff yeah um but i see really badges for when i signed up for this i saw it as a 10-year project so yeah looking for 2021 and i was thinking about like my son um, is going to be of an age where he's going to have to choose to go to university. He's going to have to choose to what he's going to do in life. And I would love by 2021 for uh, badges to be something which enables him in life to make the kind of choices he wants to do. Um, so there's all this kind of stuff around MOOCs and online courses, bite-sized chunks of education, that kind of stuff. So the trend is towards um, the the disintermediation of education so no longer having four-year degrees for everybody and that being the only option right kind of breaking that apart we talked earlier about different institutions specializing in different things you can imagine and this has been written about a decade ago about people having a portfolio degree of different bits from different universities i think the interesting thing as audrey waters is pointing out is not the disintermediation not the unbundling of education, but who gets to rebundle it. Yeah. So I think what's going to be interesting is if we do end up with a world of uh, open badges for everything, who then decides what collections of open badges are necessary for different positions. Right. Um, and I can certainly see badges as prerequisites for even getting into the pool to apply for a particular job, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. That would be a cool, cool world. I love that idea. The unbundling yeah. of education or the rebundling of education. Hmm. Yeah. Depends who that. does it, of course. I mean, uh, some people have tried to tie, as everyone tends to do in the capitalist world we live in, tie to, to a financial incentive or tie badges to, to money directly. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's a mistake. I think there's some really interesting work going on with some U U uh, European projects. There's, I've got one here actually called Bit of Trust. Um, so the idea is that instead of just focusing on the badge itself, you're thinking about what it what it stands for. The fact, yeah. that, and so there's a new alliance or newish alliance called the Open Rec Open Recognition Alliance. The idea that badges are just one part in a whole ecosystem of us recognizing each other and the value that we create. Very cool.
That's so awesome. I, it's something, you know, I've, it's been on my radar and I, again, I follow you on medium. I love, please keep posting on medium. I read everything that you post there. Um, I don't know where it comes from to begin with, but I find you on medium all the time and everything that's going on in, in the blogging line. If other people want to get a hold of you, um, where, what's their, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So my recommendation to everyone is always have one place you can point people towards. And that for yes. me is dougbellshaw.com. And you should be able to um, find links onto all different kinds of stuff from there. There's a custom DuckDuckGo search engine. Um, so if you want work on open badges, which I've written across multiple websites, including Medium, then uh, just go there, type in open badges and see what comes up. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will make sure that makes it into the show notes as well. So everybody can have an easy click from the podcast to it. So, well, thank you so much for taking time uh, this, this evening, I guess, in the UK yeah. uh, to, to, uh, to talk with me. I just, I think there's so much here that we, especially in K-12 need to, need to break into. Like you said, you know, your son, um, we see this a lot. It's starting to be baked in, I think more and more into things like Schoology and Edmodo and some of those K-12 programs that we're using with elementary kids, the idea that you earn badges or you earn something. It's going to be very fascinating, like you said, to see that generation who has been earning badges for learning your multiplication facts. And you know, then you learn a badge for your division and then you earn a badge for being a good student and for being a digital citizen. And all of a sudden, what does that do when you're used to gathering these pieces to show what you learn and what you do and what you're passionate about? What does that look like when those kids are now in university and they want to say, Oh, I want to really take that class from MIT and I want to take that class from, you know, Oxford. And I want to take that class from him. What does that give me? You know, I, I love that idea. And I think there's, there's definitely something there and I'm trying to figure out how we can be a part of it as well. So I appreciate it. Okay. Well, absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools. 